Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. And welcome to a late night edition of TC Live presented by Verbo. A pair of Americans and a former U.S. Open champion were all in action on the men's side today. And perhaps the most informed woman in the game is an American woman who played in Cleveland. Welcome into our Santa Monica, California studios. Rob Simulcare, Nick Monroe, and Mark Knowles off of a, a grueling night of tennis in Winston-Salem and a, a very tight match there uh, between Avashka and a newcomer I'm not really that familiar with, Mark Andrea Huesler, who played really well. Yeah, I think you're going to have to get familiar with that name. The lefty, the Swiss qualifier, played extremely well. Huge serve, hit well from the back of the court. We weren't sure how consistent, how much he could maintain that consistency from start to finish. Did a fantastic job because he also was up 3-1 in that second. Didn't let the disappointment of losing that second bother him and really played well to finish it out. So the defending champion is out in Winston-Salem, and we've got a lot more to go through from Winston-Salem. So let's get right down there for the highlights. And we start with the American, Stevie Johnson, against the French veteran, Richard Gasquet. Gasquet came in 2-0 against Johnson. Yeah, this was an interesting matchup. Stevie J has played so well in Winston-Salem. He made the finals back in 2018. And you know what you're going to get from Richard Gasquet. You're going to get great variety. And you don't normally get this. He doesn't normally miss overheads like that. So that gave Stevie a little bit of belief. He took advantage of it in that first set tiebreaker. Served extremely well throughout the match. Had 17 aces and really played well. Secured the opening set. But Richard Gasquet, he brings so much variety to the court. Nice job here. Gets the extra ball back in play. Stevie misses the half volley. And you can see Gasquet really gaining in belief there. So he secured that second early on here, third set. It was a grueling affair. Gasquet with that beautiful one-handed backhand. Stevie misses this, and he is not happy. He had to change rackets, believe it or not, Rob. That one, no good anymore. I believe it. And Gasquet <laughs> continued to play so well. Nice variety. He's not afraid to use the slice, heavy top, and Gasquet. Win number 580. An impressive career for the Frenchman. He is through to the quarterfinals. Meanwhile, Maxime Cressy started the year outside the top 100, now ranked 34th. Yeah, you know, Lorenzo Sonego came out firing. This guy was returning so well, winning that first set. But you know what you're going to get when you're watching Maxime Cressy. He's going to come to the net. He's going to try to impose his will on you, and he's got great hands. You look at the field there. He had 11 aces in this match with Maxime Cressy, winning 85% of his first serve points won. The guy was absolutely firing out there. He only faced one break point, wasn't able to save that one, but then you go into this third set tiebreaker. He comes up with first volleys like that just to keep him in the positive. Goes right there, and then 6-3. And then there he finishes with the forehand. And as you said, he's ranked 34 in the world right now. And I think he'll be in a seated position at the U.S. Open. No one is going to want to see him if he's unseated. Looks pretty good for a seed right now. And, uh, Mark, you, you got to love not just the fact that he's a UCLA Bruin, 
but the way he plays, the serve and volley game, which he really has brought back to the fore here. And it works on a hard court that game. He's showing it. It's incredible, really, because what have people asked the most over the last 10 years? Why has Servan Bali died? Well, guess what? Maxime Cressy has told you it has not died. He believes in it. He's very steadfast in his approach. He's going to continue to serve in Bali, move forward. And he doesn't have a second serve. It is two first serves, and he brings the heat. And he's growing in confidence. The title in Newport, continuing to win matches. And as Nick said, Luckily for the rest of the field, he will probably be seated. Actually, he will be seated at U.S. Open, which is good news for the top players. Well, we know that he's a Bruin. Of course, we had a Trojan in Stevie Johnson lose. The Bruin wins. And college tennis, always something uh, fun to keep track of. we got a couple of former college tennis players <laughs> to my right and left. There he is, oh, Mark Knowles, geez. rocking the mullet Where do you from his Bruin pictures? days. And check out Nick Monroe from UNC Chapel Hill, <laughs> setting all kinds of records down there in that powder blue. I mean, I, that was back when I had hair. I, I mean, I can't remember those days back when I had hair and I was rocking in a headband? I mean, in to the side as well. I mean, I was pimping. And my look, by the way, you know, you think UCLA tennis, but that was the hockey look. That was, was that, the mullet. Was that like brunette <laughs> and then blonde in the back? I mean, you had a, two different, hey, like, colors that going hey, on there. You know what we called that back in the day, way before anyone knew it? That was called flow. Oh, okay, okay. You still got the flow, though. I like it. Well, let's flow right on to another topic, shall we, after that impressive uh, haircut. And Dominic uh, team, who, of course, in 2021, did something, 2020, did something that we'll all remember, uh, winning the U.S. Open. And Nick, it was clearly a career moment for him, trying to come back after wrist surgery to those kinds of heights. Yeah, you know, these two, they met in 2014. And then in 2016, you know, Dominic Team said that that's when this rivalry started. They were both super tight in that match. But, yeah, Dominic Team's trying to refine that form. And you look at the Grand Slam titles won here, Mark. He's on a short list of people other than those big three who've won anything in the last decade plus. Yeah, the big three have been extremely greedy. As you can see, 41 of the 50 events have gone to the big three. But as you mentioned, team finally got that U.S. Open title. It was his fourth attempt in a major final. Stan Wawrinka's got three on the resume. Andy Murray broke through in his fourth final as well. His third, he's got three as well. Marin Cilic, don't forget, won the U.S. Open playing some better tennis this year. And, of course, the defending champion, Daniil Medvedev. All right, well, team trying to get some momentum going to his return trip to New York, taking on a very hot up-and-comer, Jack Drake. Yeah, we, we kind of had a feeling going into this match. We saw a team get off to a very slow start in his previous match against Grigor Dimitrov. Fortunately, Dimitrov had to retire. And more of the same here tonight. It was a very sluggish, slow start from team, but it was very impressive stuff from Jack Draper. He served extremely well, and most importantly, hit his backhand very consistently. He's got the big forehand. Sometimes the backhand can break down, but the forehand is always the weapon. And how about this shot there? Team showing some defense there. It showed a little bit of life in the second, and this one right here was a beautiful two-hander up the line. Overall, Jack Draper just played a fantastic match and no better way to end it if you're a lefty than out wide in the ad court. Yeah, you know, team had been down a set to Grigor Dimitrov when the Bulgarian had to retire. Hadn't played a ton of tennis at Winston-Salem, but he gets really ambushed here by Draper, who is through to the quarterfinals. And there you see the draw. Draper has to like that half of the draw he's in. You've got Cressy and Van de Zanskulp on the bottom.
Yeah, I mean, for, for, for Draper, you know, with Hustler, that's two big lefties, big servers, big forehands. So that's going to be interesting to see. I mean, Draper, he plays great defense, so he's going to be able to handle Hustler's power. But I definitely think he likes his side of the draw. You know, Dominic team there, Nick, showed some flashes. You saw a couple of those one-handed backhands, a couple of great returns against Draper, but it was here and there. He wasn't able to really sustain it the way he's going to need to do to make a run in New York. No, absolutely. I mean, he's 9-4 and four since his comeback. He started 0-6 and, and then now 9-4, and four, and it's one of those things where when he gets down in matches, he actually plays – more aggressive, and I want to see that more early on in his matches. As we talked about before, he lost the first set against Grigor Dimitrov, 6-love. He lost the first set tonight, 6-1. And so it kind of comes out a little bit defensive. His court positioning is pretty far behind the baseline, and you would like to see him play more aggressive. We saw some serving volley plays when he was down break points and when he was trying to fight his way back in the match. I would like to see that same mentality early on, and I think that's what he's going to need at the U.S. Open to make a deep run. Well, you talk about people that folks don't want to see in the U.S. Open draw, Jack Draper. He started his ranking at 265 this year. It's now up to 45. He's going to be a dangerous floater at the Open. Speaking of dangerous floaters, let's head to the women now and to Cleveland we go. The hottest woman on tour, perhaps, the Croatian-born American, Bernarda Pera, riding a 11-match win streak coming into this match against Barbora Pacikova. Yeah, you know, Bernardo Pera, I've been able to play world team tennis with her for the Washington Castles during COVID in 2020, and she's got such a big game. She's working with her coach, Mario Hervatin. They've been together for about one year. He used to coach Kechmanovic, so Kechmanovic so went top 50 in the world, but she served so well. She won 78% of her second serve points won, and she's got such a big game. So if you're not serving well and you're putting balls in the middle of the court, she will absolutely make you pay. Bernardo Pera faced zero break points, and she was smoking the ball around the court today. So she continues to do just about nothing but win since Wimbledon. And Mark, here you see it. I mean, 18-1 in her last 19. She's won her last two tournaments, and that live ranking is skyrocketing now, about to get inside the top 50. Yeah, it's interesting. Right after Wimbledon, she lost in a 125 to Jasmine Paulina in the first round and then since then it's been nothing but winning she won budapest and hamburg didn't drop a set in either week and she's been playing so well 18 of those wins she 16 of those she won in straight sets so it's been dominant last week she made the finals lost to coco bandaway but she is playing brilliant tennis yeah she's only lost two sets since july 11. i mean that's pretty impressive stuff that's a long stint there you see her matchup against fellow American Sophia Kennan in the quarterfinals. Another American, Madison Rangel, down there. She advanced in an upset win over a Katerina Alexandrova earlier today as well. Okay, we will take a break. When we come back, we will take a look at a little controversy that's brewing about the ball. That's right, tennis ball controversy when we come back on TC Live. TC Live is presented by Verbo, a place for together. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. 
Live presented by Verbo. It was a scene we haven't seen a lot of this year. Iga Sviantek losing early in a tournament. She lost round of 16 in Cincinnati. And after the loss, the questions and the conversation was about a somewhat surprising topic, the tennis balls. Iga was not too pleased with the little yellow fuzzy things. Let's hear what she had to say. Honestly, I don't like them. And, um, well, I've heard many players actually complaining as well, uh, women players, because we have different balls than, than men. They fly like crazy. And, you know, we have really powerful games right now. It's not like 10 years ago. I know that there are many players who uh, complain, and many of them are top 10. I feel, yeah, like it's really hard to control them, but everybody has the same conditions, so we're trying to deal with, deal with that, but I don't get why they are different, honestly. And Sviantek got some backup here from Paola Badosa, who also weighed in and showed the difference between the balls the women play with in the U.S. Open Series and what the men play with. And Iga Sviantek, Nick, who's not exactly known for creating a lot of controversy, you know, had something negative to say about these tennis balls. You're a current player, so you understand what they're talking about here. What is the difference between these tennis balls? Yeah, I mean, the difference in the balls that they have, the women have, it just it flies a little bit quicker. And I think that something that you just have to make an adjustment, right? I think you've got to change the tension of your string, make it a little bit tighter so it won't fly as much. But also, if it flies, maybe you can use a few more kick serves to try to get it out of the strike zone of your opponent. So you can use it to your advantage, but if it's not the way you feel it should be, make an adjustment, change the tension. But, you know, it's something that... Talking with ATP, talking with WTA, they try to align it with the Grand Slam. So the U.S. Open was coming up. They've had the same balls for the Masters 1000s for three or four weeks leading into the Grand Slam. Same thing for Wimbledon. They'll use a Slazinger ball for a few weeks leading into Wimbledon. So you get can try to get used to those balls leading into the Grand Slam. So, But other than that, I think you just got to change attention and uh, – I think that's the best way to go about it. Mark, in your career winning doubles Grand Slams, was this a big factor for you and your partners, the, the balls in play at a given tournament? Clearly, I had the right balls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think what's important is two things kind of stand out to me in that is, first of all, you don't see a top player normally show vulnerability. I'm surprised that Svantec made that public. Uh, second thing is a reference to the fact that there weren't powerful players 10 years ago. Uh, Lindsay Davenport, Jennifer Capriotti, Monica Sellis, just to name a few. They hit the ball pretty big, obviously the Williams sisters. So I'm just a little bit surprised by that. I mean, the way this thing started was back in the day, back when I played way before these young guys, <laughs> you know, the, the mixed doubles, this is where it came up. We used to play with the same ball, but then the women complained that the ball was too heavy, and especially when we played mixed, because the men were used to the heavier ball. So then the U.S. Open switched to the regular duty felt, which was a lighter ball, for the women, and this is really the first I've heard of it in about 10 years where I've heard complaints, um, but clearly it's on the mind of Igor Svantec. Yeah, and I think, you know, look, we play so many tournaments around the world. Sometimes we're at the Babolat ball, a Dunlop ball, Shrikson. So you have to get used to playing with different balls and, and changing maybe your game style, maybe come forward a little bit more. Maybe if the ball's flying, try to get into the net, you know, and I think you just have to make adjustments. That's part of the game. Yeah, I think Nick brings up a great point, right? I mean, one thing as a tennis player, the conditions change week to week. Tennis balls are different, sometimes altitude, sometimes sea level, a lot of different things. And that's where I was mostly surprised for Iga Svantec, who's had a terrific season. She's dominated the women's game. Just showing a little chink in the armor there, I probably would have kept that in-house, but I'm sure she'll make adjustments like all great players do.
All right. Well, tennis not the only sport where balls are a controversy. It's a baseball, football, you know, deflate gate. There's always something <laughs> going on with balls. We'll see how they play at the U.S. Open. All right. Well, of course, Serena Williams getting some warm-up action in at the U.S. Open and will be there as well. TC Live at the Open starting Monday, August 29th. We'll give you a pregame show every single day for two hours right here in our studio starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Get you set up for the full day of action at the U.S. Open. Can't wait. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to, of course, honor Serena Williams, as we've been doing all week. Naomi Osaka weighing in with so many others on the legacy of Serena. That's probably the tournament where I've watched her the most, I think. And uh, honestly, I, I watched Serena a lot when I was younger for her outfits. I remember the match I played against her, her black tutu. I thought that that was really cool. Just over the years, she's kind of conditioned me to watch her first match to see what she was wearing. I think it's amazing that she has so many really good memories there, and I'm sure um, even for the people watching this tournament, um, we're, we're gonna cry a lot for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to TC Live, presented by Verbo. U.S. Open qualifying underway, and check out this tweener by Quarantine Moutet. I mean, he's so much fun to watch. He's got such flair, does Moutet. And look at the between the legs lob. And it's almost like, you know what, I do that all the time. You know, he, he, I've seen this from him quite a lot. He's like the Fabrice Santoro. He's lefty, so quick, and then just easy over the head of his opponent was able to come away with the victory as well. Very impressive. Our Verbo tournament summary of what's going on in qualifying. You see on the men's side, Gilles Simone, the Frenchman, beat Michael Moe, the American in that one. Also, Bruno Kuzuhara and Fernando Verdasco among the winners on the men's side. On the women's side, Americans Katie McNally, Kayla Day, Whitney Oswegwe, all advanced as well. Off we go to Granby, Quebec, where they're playing a women's 250. And in action here, the veteran Tatiana Maria. Yeah, you said veteran, Rob, 35 years of age, but playing some really nice tennis still inside the top 100, using some nice feel there. And she did a much better job of mixing things up against Bondar, using her variety. And Bondar with another error. There are too many unforced errors for Anna Bondar in that match. Maria did a good job using that slice forehand, which is a just shot you don't see very often. Maybe Monica Nicolescu, maybe the only other female to use that shot. But it was very effective. But most importantly, she served well. She had great numbers behind, not just her first serve, but also her second serve. So a nice win there for Tatiana Maria. After that great run at Wimbledon, Maria putting a hard court run together as well. There you see the draw in Canada, and Maria will take on Diane Parry, the French woman, 
in that draw. Daria Casakina, the number one seed who won in San Jose at the beginning of the hardcourt swing, still alive in that one as well. Yeah, Katsakina being number 10 in the world. I mean, she's so much fun to watch. She's so quick around the court, got great spin on the forehand, but I really like watching Saville down there at the bottom. I feel like you're going to see those two in the final. She's got great energy to Saville. <laughs> every point is like the grand slam of every point. So it's so much fun to watch her play and uh, what a great draw we've got. To the social net we go and an announcement from Angelique Kerber that she'll be missing the U.S. Open for the best possible reason. That's right. She's out of the open because she is becoming a mom. Congratulations to Angelique Kerber. Uh, pretty good reason to announce you're missing a Grand Slam. What a cool tweet, right? She didn't think it would be fair to be two-on-one. What a great announcement <laughs> from Angelique Kerber. We wish her all the best. Yeah, definitely wishing her all the best. She's so much fun to watch as well. You know, she makes so many balls, and her opponents are going to be happy for her, but also they're, they're uh, happy she's not in the draw as well. She's such a tough competitor, but congratulations. Serena Williams, of course, knows a bit of something about playing two-on-one as she won the Open in Australia that way. Here's a collaboration between a couple of RFs, Roger Federer and shoe designer Ronnie Feig, collaborating on some new shoes. This is pretty cool. Federer, of course, who's big in the shoe business already with the on-brand he's involved with. This is pretty cool stuff. He's He really is pretty much making anything he touches turn to gold, Mark. Yeah, Ronnie Feig, obviously from Kith. That's a nice collaboration there. You know, all week, Nick Monroe has been outshining me with the shoes, so he's probably more of an expert in this department. Yeah, I mean, anything, as you said, Roger Federer touches, that, that's going to be cool. I know you're going to go get some of those shoes after, after, this, uh, after this show, Mark, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> all right, here's a fun question that was posed on social media. If you had the power to change one thing, about pro tennis, what would it be and why? Nick, I'll start with you. Uh, I, there might be two things for me. I love playing on grass, so I would like to see the season maybe a little bit longer on grass. We have about four, four and a half weeks on grass. And then also making the season a little bit shorter. You know, we play January till pretty much middle of November. So if the season could be shorter for the players, so we, that we have a longer off season. You know, you see a lot of other sports having three to four month off seasons. We basically have a month and a half. So uh, that would, those would be the two things for me. Well, Nick wants to see a shorter season. Not going to happen. I've been around the game for about 30 years. It's always the same request from all players. I guess for me, probably a simple one might be playing the lets, right? you got to make sure that the nets are of mm. uniform tension. But I think that's one thing that's probably going to go away fairly soon. So I'd probably change the replay of the lets on you the first You've got some inside serve. information on that, don't you, Mark? <laughs> the college rule, right? Got to run up and grab those returns. All right, well. We will take a break, but first take a look at our schedule tomorrow. It starts in Cleveland, 11 a.m. Eastern time. The women in action there, then to Granby as well. They start at noon Eastern time. The men in Winston-Salem at 3 o'clock Eastern, and then TC Live will wrap things up again, 8 o'clock Eastern, thereabouts on court coverage all night. We'll come back with our hot shot of the day. Tennis Channel Live by Verba continues.
Our hot shot of the day comes from New York, where they're warming things up for the U.S. Open. This is a fundraiser that took place for Ukrainian relief and some big stars on the court line. Yeah, some serious firepower out here. And how about the tweener there from Igor Svantec? And then another tweener from Rafa Nadal. Two great lefties on the court and two great righties. A lot of shots in this rally. Great entertainment. You can see it's a packed house in New York. John McEnroe. There he is. Which ball were they using? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. John McEnroe teaming up with Coco Golf here and some very entertaining tennis. A nice crowd on hand as well as they get set for the Open starting next week. Meanwhile, tomorrow here on Tennis Channel, center court coverage starting at 11 Eastern. We'll have Madison Brangle in action. She got through to the quarterfinals, taking on Alexandra Sasnovich, Alize Cornet in action as well. Nick, nice to see Madison Brangle getting through to a quarterfinal. No, absolutely. Madison Brangle, you know, she, she's playing well, staying very consistent. But, you know, I want to watch that Benara Pera, Sophia Kennan. Sophia Kennan, you know, making a comeback. She started 0 for 2 in her first matches, but now she's playing a red-hot Benara Pera won her last 18 out of 19 matches. And then also Maxim Cressy. You know, he's in the quarterfinals to be looking to try to win that title in Winston-Salem like he did in Newport Beach. Or, sorry, Newport, Rhode Island. And uh, there's a lot of good matches there. That's amazing. Cressy, first career title just earlier this summer and now with a shot at a second up for the summer as he heads into the U.S. Open. He's doing what Bruins do. They win, right? <laughs> but what I'm looking for, Richard Gasquet, right? Mm. I talked about 580 career match wins, 15 titles. He never won a title bigger than an ATP 250. Yeah, he's, he's moving extremely well as well. I saw the, the defense against Steve Johnson and Steve Johnson cracking the racket. I mean, Richard Gasquet looks pretty dang good, that's for sure. All right, well, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow on TC Live. And we got a full day of hardcore action from three different cities as we get set for the year's final Grand Slam starting Monday at the U.S. Open. Everybody, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great Tennis Wednesday.